0: Hello everyone, my name is Ildar, welcome to another episode of Ask Me About North Korea, a podcast about the most reclusive country in the world. In this podcast, I'm answering the most widespread questions about North Korean politics, society and culture, in a short and concise manner based on factual evidence. If you like this podcast, I would be grateful if you could share it, leave a positive review or subscribe. You'll find the transcript of this episode, as well as some commentary posts, book, and film reviews on the podcast's website, www.askmeaboutdprk.wordpress.com. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Telegram. Finally, as the name of the podcast suggests, please feel free to ask me questions in your comments and reviews. I will do my best to answer them in the next episodes. And now, let's start. Kim Yo-jong is another member of the Kim dynasty who has recently been attracting a lot of attention on international social media platforms. Being Kim Jong-un's sister, she is seen as one of the key members of the narrowest circle of top North Korean elites, and with many media speculating about her being Kim Jong-un's potential successor. Despite that, practically nothing is known about her, even if compared to her brother, whose biography is also shrouded in mystery. So. Similarly to episode 21, 22 and 23, I will try to look into Kim Yo-jong as a political personality. By doing so, I will describe some of her biographic details but mostly focus on her role in the North Korean state. So let us start with the biographic details. If you remember from the previous episodes about Kim jong Il and Kim Jong-un, I have mentioned that little is known about the exact details of their early years. Well. In the case of Kim Yo-jong, the situation is even worse, there is literally nothing. I would also add that the information that is available is barely interesting, but let us at least go through what we have. First, there is no intelligence consensus on her date of birth, like with many Kim family members. It is either 1987 or 1989. Reports say that she has had a sheltered upbringing and most members of the Kim family haven't interacted with her much. What is definitely known is that she was born in Pyongyang and spent her early childhood with her other siblings before being sent off to Switzerland along with her older brother, or the soon-to-be supreme leader. Like Kim Jong-un, she also studied at the Lieberfeldsteinholzi public school in Bern, and then received a degree from the Sung University in computer science. In the late 2000s, under her father's guidance, she has started off her political career in the party in the communications field as a junior specialist. Somewhere around that time, Kim Yo-jong allegedly married the son of the chairman of the standing committee of the North Korean parliament, who is a very high-ranking official. It is unfortunately quite hard to confirm whether this is true or not. What complicates the task of analysing Kim Yo-jong's biography is that little attention was paid to her until the early 2010s, both by domestic and international media. In fact, 2011 was the first time when she appeared at a video recording of a funeral procession of Kim Jong-il, 2014 was the first time when she was mentioned by the North Korean state media. Considering her early professional background in communication and IT, it is hardly surprising that she ended up in the party's propaganda apparatus and began building up her career there. Eventually, she was appointed vice director of the party's propaganda and agitation department. Even though she is officially the second in command there, de facto Kim Yo-jong is the person running the department due to her family background. The department plays a crucial role in the North Korean domestic politics as it supports and communicates all major policy initiatives of the ruling party. Her political role was boosted even further in October 2017, when she was promoted to the powerful Politburo. Despite that promotion, she still holds onto her role in the propaganda department, where she works on her brother's public image in the country. One has to note... That she has brought significant changes to the way the propaganda department is run and what contents it produces. For example, under her guidance, North Korean propagandists finally got out to the wider international internet through such channels as YouTube. There are several examples like The Echo of Truth or New DPRK, which keep producing new types of propaganda videos focused on showing people how good daily life in the DPRK is. Content-wise, the department under her guidance has also actively ramped up the propaganda surrounding the collective party leadership, even though Kim Jong-un still remains the centerpiece of the system. In western terms, Kim Yo-jong remains to be her brother's main PR manager. As her status became more and more significant, she gained more responsibilities in the area of foreign policy and relations with South Korea and the United States. Since representing North Korea at 2018 Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea, her public profile has become more prominent internationally. At that point, however, she did not make any public statements or threaten anyone, so the media didn't pay too much attention to her. Nevertheless, Kim Yo-jong's reclusiveness made her some sort of mystery figure, intriguing some of the international mass media outlets. What the journalists found quite curious in 2018 for example was the degree of North Korean protection and paranoia surrounding her, which was similar to what was intended for Kim Jong-un. For example, during their travels to Singapore, Kim Yo-jong did not leave a single trace of her DNA in the hotel where the North Koreans stayed. Her room was meticulously cleaned by the North Korean security services exactly in the same manner as Kim Jong-un's room. Apparently, both of them also had portable toilets, were brought from north korea so as neither would have to use the hotel's sanitation system considering her direct blood ties with kim jong-un and her current political status it is barely surprising that people keep referring to her as kim jong-un's right hand or even his potential successor whenever kim jong-un temporarily disappears from the public eye Western, South Korean and Japanese tabloids start blurting out all sorts of theories about what could have happened and how Kim Yo-jong fits into it. These ramblings are usually coupled with performing a ritual of successor seeking. Such media storms were particularly strong in 2014 and twice in 2020, in April and August. Usually Kim Jong-un's disappearance, prompts questions about his health, with many journalists presuming that he could have died. Naturally, it attracts a lot of media attention to his sister. Another factor is that Kim Jong-un's children are all too young for taking over as the supreme leader of North Korea. In that respect, Kim Yo-jong is usually touted as one of the top ranks of people to succeed Kim Jong-un. Such theorists point to the fact that whenever he underwent medical treatments, she would take over most of the state duties for him, but many such reports are hard to verify. With or without Kim Jong-un's sudden disappearances, the last three years brought a lot of attention to Kim Yo-jong from various policy analysts. Weirdly enough, she has also gained significant popularity on international social media platforms, becoming a subject of many memes. The reason behind this is that exactly in this period, she also became North Korea's foreign policy spokesperson. Specifically, this position usually implied bombarding politicians in Washington and Seoul with all sorts of creative insults. Some of these insults were more creative than others. For example, in 2020, she made her first public statement condemning South Korea as a frightened dog barking, after Seoul protested against a military exercise by the North. In June of the same year, Kim Yo-jong threatened to send troops into the demilitarized zone as the inter-Korean border, in part because of what Pyongyang said was Seoul's failure to stop activists sending anti-regime leaflets over the border. It is quite easy to notice that she plays the bad cop in North Korean diplomacy, while it is usually Kim Jong-un who'd remain silent or launch charm offensives. Occasionally, Kim Yo-jong can play the good cop too. In March 2020, for instance, she publicly praised Donald Trump for sending her brother a letter in which Trump stated that he hoped to maintain good bilateral relations and offered help in dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. The fact that she can speak out on behalf of the North Korean government while not being a foreign minister or diplomat says a lot about her degree of independence in the North Korean political system. Thus, when listening to her statements, one could understand why the mass media are so active in labelling her as the potential supreme leader candidate. I would argue nevertheless that all of these discussions about her being Kim Jong-un's potential successor are also politically dangerous for Kim Yo-jong. There is no position that could be more dangerous in authoritarian regimes than that of a crown princess. When you are a potential successor, your personal and political loyalty are always under question. You are also more likely to become a subject of the ruler's suspicions, or a subject of interest for someone in the elites who would want to overthrow the existing government. Thus, gaining too much influence might not be something that Kim Yo-jong would want to do when Kim Jong-un is still well, and, uh, well, I would not say healthy, but, you know, he is not dead. On top of that, I personally think that it's quite unlikely that she will become Kim Jong-un's successor at least in the foreseeable future. First and foremost, Kim Jong-un seems to remain in good health despite his occasional mysterious disappearances. It doesn't seem likely that he is going to suddenly pass away anytime soon. Furthermore, even if Kim Jong-un dies, Kim Yo-jong will face a lot of problems in establishing herself as a leader simply because she's a woman. Contemporary North Korea is one of the most politically sexist and patriarchal societies on earth. Naturally, there were some examples of prominent female politicians, but they were not numerous and their role had always remained quite limited. We should also bear in mind that Kim Yo-jong's political influence can be quite volatile, which is reflected in the changes of her official status in the Workers' Party of Korea. For example, when the Hanoi summit of 2019, failed to result in an agreement with the United States, she was somewhat demoted from the Politburo. It was unclear whether these two events were interconnected, though. Anyhow, she was reinstated to that body only in early 2020. In January 2021, she was again demoted from an alternate member of the Politburo to a position in the Central Committee, which was a serious political blow since the committee's institutional significance is much lower than that of Politburo. That said, some analysts argue that she lost the position only due to a new institutional reform that was universally applicable to all high-ranking officials, not just her. Specifically, those rules stated that one cannot be a member of Politburo unless they at least occupy the position of a WPK department director. Kim Yo-jong so far remains to be the deputy director. Nevertheless, the close relationship with her brother and her increasingly senior roles in the party apparatus make her an important advisor and an independent political player in the North Korean authoritarian system. She performs the crucial roles of a main propaganda architect as well as of a foreign policy gatekeeper when it comes to South Korea and the United States. Therefore, it might very well be that she is truly the second person in command. What do you think about Kim Yo-jong, though? Is she likely to become the first female supreme leader of North Korea? Or will she remain a great cardinal behind the scenes? Leave your opinion in the comments below or in the review section. If you like this episode, please leave a positive review on the podcast platform like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. or Visit the podcast website. Also, feel free to provide your feedback on this episode's quality and ask any questions about North Korea that you might have. Thank you for listening, stay healthy, and stay tuned.